Looking for exciting video content live and on demand? Visit www.voiceamerica.tv for exclusive content you just can't find anywhere else. That's voiceamerica.tv. Tune in now. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Autism One, a conversation of hope. Brought to you by Enzymedica with host Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby-Gonzalez. All comments, views, and opinions expressed are solely those of the host, guest, and callers. In the next hour, Terry and her guest illuminate how right now there is more reason than ever for individuals with autism spectrum disorders and their families to have the best hope for the brightest future. Through education and conversation, there is hope. Here are your hosts, Terry and Kristen. Hello, and welcome to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel and this program, Autism One, a conversation of hope for Tuesday, June 28th. I'm your host today, Terry Aranga, here with Christy Hogg. Christy is mom to two girls, one of whom is Macy, diagnosed with mitochondrial disease. Christy received this year's Most Inspirational Parent Award at the 2011 Autism One Conference Dinner Gala and Award Ceremony. After seeing what hyperbaric oxygen therapy could do for her daughter, she also helps out over at the International Hyperbarics Association as a parent advocate. Our topic today, hope through hyperbaric oxygen therapy. Welcome, Christy. Hey, Terry. Thank you for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for joining us. Christy, when was Macy born? Macy was born October the 24th of 2000. Okay, and so that makes her 10 years old now? Yes, that's correct. Okay, I'm glad I got that right. Uh, when did you suspect something was wrong and why? Terry, we noticed that there was problems probably about two months of age. Um, I thought that I had just a basic colicky baby. She was really fussy, didn't sleep through the night, um, couldn't hold anything down. She never looked directly at me. So I kind of knew that, that there was something going on. And after several <laughs> sleepless nights, we decided to take to, take her to the doctor. <laughs> what did the doctor say? The the doctor um, at first just brushed it off and gave us some medicines and some tricks to try to get her to calm down. Um, we we took her home, and then we kind of knew after several weeks that, you know, this just wasn't right. So we went back. Okay, and then what did he say? Um, he he finally realized that there was something Macy never would look at him either. Uh, we realized that um, he he finally said that there was a, pro- probably three different choices. Um, she was probably blind, um, a brain tumor, or um, some unknown uh, disease that he had no clue of. And so he quickly referred us to our. Um, our larger facility of hospital, Laboners Children Hospital in, in Memphis, Tennessee. Okay, so what happened at uh, Laboner Children's Medical Center? Well, Terry, um, that started a roller coaster ride for us. Um, the, we had this neurologist that 
immediately noticed that Macy had this um, erratic body movement. It was twitching, um, jerking. Her head would turn from side to side. Uh, we noticed that um, we didn't know if she was blind. He he questioned that as well. Um, he he kept us for two weeks, did a um, multiple um, of tests, trying to um, just go with the basic things of what it may be, and uh, everything came back normal. Wow. So we we couldn't understand. You know, he was scratching his head as to he thought that this was this, this, and this, and he would test for it, and, and it would be normal. So um, he basically sent us home after two weeks of picking on her and sticking her and, and everything else and said, well, let's let's send her somewhere. And that started our journey of uh, traveling. <laughs> so we we would um, make an appointment, and it would take two months, and we would get the appointment with the doctor, and the doctor would do his test, and and it would be a specialized doctor. So um, one of the things that we um, were on the roller coaster ride was something called opsiclonus myoclonus, and that's erratic body movement, but it does have an underline of a disease, but but at that point, we just had to get to the specialist to do the testing. And um, so we go to the test, we get to the doctor, we do the test, and once again, um, it would come back normal that she didn't have it. So we did this for several months, um, and at that time, um, over the course of the year, uh, Macy progressively got worse. Um, that's where um, we would have to do a test to find out if she was blind or not. And in order to do the test, um, we had to go to um, Springfield, Illinois, to do these testing. And um, all of these tests were at different <laughs> different locations, different doctors, um, and we had to finally determine that Macy was not blind, but yet she had cataracts. And I think that she was around six months of age when we found out that she had cataracts. And we had to um, go back to Memphis to get those removed. So you're talking another couple of months in order to get all of this taken place. Uh, you mentioned uh, myoclonic jerks and erratic head movements, Christy. Was she on seizure medications at this time? She was. Um, we we didn't think that she had seizures, but um, they wanted to go ahead and just go ahead and medicate her just to try to calm her, basically to sedate her. And um, we did that, not knowing what to do. And, um, she, yes, Macy's been on seizure medications all of her life. Okay, so then you also mentioned uh, cataracts and uh, having the cataracts fixed. Did that really fix things? Um, it it removed the cataracts. We do have implants in her eyes. Uh, the doctor that did her surgery said that those were the rarest cataracts that she had ever removed. Um, she's actually um, a case study for the doctor in Memphis because of the rarity of the cataracts. But no, to answer your question, um, we found out that we have a clear path for Macy's vision, but Macy has what they call cortical blindness um, at that time, and that means that it's her brain not connecting with her thought process to let her know that there is vision there to be seen. 
And so that was, um, Macy had something called nystagmus that went along with her um, cataracts. And the nystagmus made her vision seem like she was on a carousel trying to look at someone standing outside of the carousel. So her eyes were constantly rolling. And um, we, we had all of these eye problems going on, and that's why her head would turn left to right to try to catch up with right. what her eyes were doing. Right. So this sounds like it was taking a period of months. Um, how old was she by this time? And, um, you know, what was the next thing that you did? What, who was the next doctor you saw? Um, when we went to um, do the testing for her eyesight, we we were able to, one doctor that did the testing was very curious with Macy, and, and we've been blessed through this whole journey of doctors that just didn't do the test and send us back home. We were able to um, go for one test, and we ended up seeing four different doctors that weren't even um, had a schedule that normally take a year to get into. And just because the doctors were concerned and cared, um, they actually were able to take us um, in at that moment. Um, so within uh, two days of us being there, we were able to see four different specialists. Um, one of the doctors that we saw was a geneticist, and he was the first one, Macy, um, he was the first one that kind of threw out, he thought maybe it was mitochondrial disease. Uh, he, had, he was a genetic doctor, but um, seven years ago, he had only had... Um, two other children that he had seen with the mitochondrial disease. And based on his um, medical background, he only knew of mitochondria children living to the age of around three years of age. So he didn't have a whole lot of knowledge about it. And it's seven years ago, um, it's seven to ten years ago, it was a very, um, a very new, rare disease that a lot of people just didn't know anything about. So we were just trading on uncharted waters here, Terry. We just didn't know anything, and we weren't, we weren't knowing, you know, what doctors to go to. So when he said mitochondrial disease and um, death at the age of three, that really, really was hard for us. We, we, we really. Um, weren't expecting to hear that. You know, we were, at the time, my husband, um, he's an engineer, and he just expected these doctors that specialize in, in treating children to fix her. And that just wasn't happening. Every test that we did, you know, came back normal, and they couldn't figure out why. So that was very difficult for us. Of course, of course. So she's 18 months old, yeah. and this doctor is really giving you no hope. No, he's not, and um, that was scary. That was very scary. It, it was almost at the time like um, a person who has a, a child kidnapped, um, when you have them kidnapped and you don't know where they're at, it's the unknown that's so terrifying, and that's what we felt like for the first, you know, almost two years of Macy's life. Yes. I'm sorry. Well, let's talk about mitochondrial disease. What is it, and what's the difference between mitochondrial disease and mitochondrial dysfunction? Okay, um, that's a lot <laughs> to that. Um, and keep in mind that I'm a mom and not a doctor, so I'll do my <laughs> my mom's best. 
um, mitochondrial disease, um, from what I've been taught, is the powerhouse um, cells of your body. The mitochondria cells take your food and break it down and convert it to the energy that your body needs in order to survive. Um, mitochondria disease comes in many shapes and, and forms. You can have several complexes. Uh, your complexes um, will determine on how the severity of the disease can be and or what organs um, are involved because you can have organ failure um, with this disease and when it's said it's worse. Um, Macy is very complex. Uh, she does have um, what's called oxidative phosphorylation disease and we can talk about that um, in a little bit, but that just means that um, the oxygen in her cells do not survive, and so therefore Macy has a cell death because we're not able to take her food and convert it to the energy to go with the oxygen in order for her to survive. Well, wow, that's one of the most eloquent, eloquent explanations I've ever heard. You know, so uh, we're going to go to break, but I'd like to remind you that MD stands for uh, Mother Determined. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, thank you, Jerry. Thank you're you. quite, quite welcome. We're going to go to break here at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica. We'll be right back with Christy Hogg. Thank you. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. The Autism Hope Alliance is dedicated to the recovery of children and adults from autism. The goal of this nonprofit organization is to ignite hope for families facing the diagnosis through education and funding to promote progress today. Diet modification, biomedical intervention, and educational therapy have been shown to be successful tools on the path to recovery. Through these efforts, we believe hope will replace hopelessness. Recovery for our children is a reality. For more information, go to AutismHopeAlliance.org. The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tong has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. In the spirit of Have Couch, Will Travel, Dr. Carol Lieberman creates a haven of sanity in an increasingly insane world. Each day we are bombarded with news of events that have never crossed our wildest nightmares. Society is spiraling out of control and everyone is reeling from it. But now there's an answer. The best way to keep sane in this insane world is to tune in to Dr. Carol's Couch on Voice America. Dr. Carol, a certified media psychiatrist, will broadcast live from her Beverly Hills office every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Call or log in and get help with whatever is sending you reeling. Whenever you need a soothing voice to calm and advise you. That's Dr. Carol's Couch every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time here on America's Voice, voiceamerica.com. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness.
Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope with your host, Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby-Gonzalez. If you have a question or comment, call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5792. Now back to the program. Here are Terry and Kristen. It's Terry, and I'm back with Christy Hogg, and we're talking about hope through hyperbaric oxygen therapy. We have a caller, Dolly. Hello. Hello, Dolly. Thanks for calling. You're here with Christy and Terry. Great. Um, I haven't been able to listen in online, so I'm not exactly sure where y'all are at with the conversation. Um, but I have heard um, Christy on Family TV Network, Friendly Network TV and very interested in the hyperbarics. Um, I was wanting to ask Christy how she transitioned from mainstream medical doctors over to biomedical doctors because that's something we'll all probably have to deal with in our journey. Oh, thank you, Dolly, for calling in. I appreciate that. Um, transitioning over has been, um, it's, it's been difficult, it's been a challenge, but at the same time, um, it's been exciting to know that there are doctors that are willing to um, look outside of the box um, from what they have been taught in school and to see that there are things that can help. Um, Macy, you know, was told, we were told with Macy that, um, you know, take her home and love her. It's non-curable. Um, I'm being the best parent that I could possibly be and just sit back and, and watch this happen. But I have been surrounded by very positive, very aggressive doctors um, that that are eager to try to, you know, take this challenge on. And we're seeing improvements within just three years. So, yeah, it's it's been a transition, but I'm at the same time keeping mainstream doctors informed of how, what's going on and what we're doing and, and trying to keep them on board with us. And surprisingly enough, our neurologist that um, said don't do hyperbarics is finally saying, well, apparently, Mom, you've, you've got a pretty good protocol going because she is improving. So I had him write that down <laughs> and mark that. <laughs> That's great. I've asked um, Arkansas Children's Hospital here about it, and they've said that they've had several um, parents ask about it. So hopefully it will be something that will become more mainstream. Well, that's great because Dr. Rosignol and Dr. Fry are really um, plugging along with, with putting the links together and in showing that hyperbarics can help. Dr. Rosignol has several studies that are out proving that hyperbarics can help for children with autism as well as mitochondrial kids. So, you know, we've just got to be the parents that are showing these case studies to these doctors because to, to, that's what they want to see. That's what we've got to do is be able to take it to them and physically put it in their face. Thank you. Thank you for everything y'all are doing. Y'all are amazing. Thank you, Dolly, for calling in. No Thanks, Dolly. Mm-hmm. Well, Christy, let's pick up with what we were talking about before the break, and uh, we were talking about what mitochondrial disease is, and now let's touch upon what the difference is between mitochondrial disease and mitochondrial dysfunction. Okay. What would that be? Um, mitochondrial dysfunction is, is generally refers to as mitochondria that are impaired in function, but not severely enough to fulfill the criteria necessary for the di- diagnosis of mitochondrial disease. In, 
So that means uh, mitochondrial disease can be thought of as a severe form of mitochondrial dysfunction. And the mitochondrial dysfunction can be represented kind of like an engine that's sputtering, but mitochondrial disease would be represented like um, an engine that's constantly in the repair shop. <laughs> okay. All right. So you you had this um, direction at this point uh, to of mitochondrial disease, and how many specialists did you see before you went for more definitive testing? How old was Macy, and how much hope did your studies to that point give you? Um, we had probably seen around 45 doctors. Wow. We had, we had gone through four states, um, and, and finally when the geneticist said, you know, mitochondrial disease, then that's when I went back to Memphis to the genetic doctor at the Labonner's Children's Hospital and started talking with them about um, definitely trying to decide on what to do uh, on getting a definite diagnosis. When when you get to that point and you, you have a doctor talking with you about that, there's lots of different things that you have to decide on. Uh, one of the main things is is taking a muscle biopsy, which is a sample of the skin, and sending that off to a reputable laboratory that is either a frozen sample or it's a fresh muscle biopsy. And I, when I researched everything, I realized that sometimes doing a frozen sample can give you a false negative or a false positive. And I didn't want to take that chance with Macy going under anesthesia. So... Um, as you can tell, I didn't mind the travel, <laughs> and we we found Dr. John Schaffner in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, I am from Tennessee, so that was close enough for us to get there within um, eight to ten hours, and we we were able within you know probably four to six months have an appointment with Dr. Schaffner uh, to get this uh, muscle biopsy as a fresh fresh sample. Okay, so um, you saw. You saw the uh, geneticist, and he suspected it might be mitochondrial disease. You went through four states and 45 doctors after your genetics consultation in Missouri, and at this point, um, Macy was two years old, and you didn't have the the firm diagnosis yet. Yes, that's correct. Macy was um, still had her erratic eye movement. We had had her implants removed. Um, she was considered failure to thrive. Um, at that time, we did not have a feeding tube yet, so trying to get anything in her to for her to eat was um, definitely a challenge. Uh, so she she was very sick, very very sick at that time. Okay, so you went to Atlanta. You had the fresh muscle biopsy performed uh, with Dr. Schaffner in Atlanta, and then you waited how long and. Uh, <laughs> everything was a rush and wait, Terry. We we rushed to get there, and then we had to wait. And that was with every doctor that we ever did. Um, when when you when you look into all of it, you talk about um, <laughs> your your two days was automatically two weeks. And if you had two weeks to wait, it was going to be automatically two months. So we did the test, and we came home, and we waited six months. Um, that was really hard. We we um, we knew that we were probably going to get a diagnosis of mitochondrial disease based on what Dr. Schaffner had told us, 
and what he saw from Macy, but um, that was really difficult. And at six months, um, I received a packet in the mail that was about half an inch thick, probably 60 pages, and it was all in medical terms. And with me not having a medical background, I didn't understand it. But um, I had fortunately worked with a nurse practitioner and went to her, and she was able to explain to me that, yes, Macy had a true mitochondrial disease. Okay, and that was called? Um, It was called Complex 1 Oxidative Phosphorylation, and that means that her ATP process was not carrying... um, the the chain of command, so to speak. So the the ATP process is not carrying on from one complex to the other. And so Macy had the potential, um, which meant that the potential of organ failure, blindness, hearing loss, uh, failure to thrive, and cognitive delays. I'm sorry. Christy, I just want to kind of throw something out there as an aside because you mentioned anesthesia and wanting it to be, you know, quote-unquote worth the while to put Macy under anesthesia to have the the fresh muscle biopsy versus the frozen sample. Um, Just for listeners, with mitochondrial issues, um, you do need some extra TLC insofar as uh, anesthesia, what agents are used, and, and also some medications and such. So, you can look for more information about that on the mitoaction.org website, uh, I believe, off the yeah. top of my head. Does that sound about right, Christy? That's correct. And the U, um, UMDF as well, which is the United, Con- United Mitochondrial Disease Foundation, they also have a link that will show you um, what the mito doctors recommend for anesthesia. Okay, very good. Thank you for sharing that with us. Well, now Macy's about two and a half years old. You have the formal diagnosis of mitochondrial disease complex one oxidative phosphorylation disease, and what were the next years like? Um, difficult, very difficult. Um, we we were trying to keep her alive. She's two and a half. Um, we don't know if she, you know, we don't know what she can see. We know that um, she's not talking. She's not walking. Um, she's failure to thrive. At the age of four, I had fought for, you know, two years to get a feeding tube, and I couldn't fight it anymore. So at the age of four, we got a feeding tube put in. Um, Macy, uh, you know, they sent us home with uh, cans of Pediasure and talked about, you know, continuous feeds. Um, Pediasure was hardly any nutrition at all. I knew that in the back of my mind, even though I had no medical background, no nutritional background, I knew that if she needed food to convert to energy, why not try to find food that converted to good energy versus junk food? And I would I would have all the nutritionists to sit down with me, and they would just say, you know, try to get 1,200 calories in her a day. Well, that wasn't enough, and the only thing I could get in her was soft foods because she couldn't chew. So we lived off of uh, mashed potatoes and macaroni and cheese basically her whole life because I didn't know any different. I couldn't get anybody else to tell me anything. And um, at four, the feeding tube came. Um, 
every year we would go back to Atlanta, Georgia, and sit down with the doctors. And they would perform what's called multi-system physical exams and tests. These are um, yearly tests that they they just go through the the run of the mill testing. You want to check for um, heart failure. You want to check and make for certain all the organs are working, um, kidney function, liver function. You want to make for certain that she doesn't become diabetic. Um, you have to check, you know, to make for certain that the cataracts, you know, haven't come back or, you know, it's just everything that you had to just constantly check to make for certain everything is still up and running. Um, we would go back every year. I would sit in front of the mitochondrial doctors and say, please put her in a study. Let me know if there are any studies that are available that you can test and try something on her. And every year they would... um tweak a mitochondrial cocktail and say, no, there's nothing and you're doing great and just take her home and do you need any scripts for um, equipment to make your life easier at home? So by mitochondrial cocktail, you mean a, a collection of supplements and, and we know that the quote-unquote mitococktails do help some kids, but in, in Macy's case, uh, not so much, and and finally her seizure disorder worsened. Yeah, Terry, it did. Um, Macy did get progressively worse. Um, it, it's difficult for me to talk about um, to sit and watch a child get worse, knowing that this is a non-curable disease, and um, I had no control, and it's out of my hands. And to, um, I'm sorry to see her um, lay in the floor and and seize like she did um, continuously was, was really difficult. Yeah. Well, Christy, you've done a marvelous job in being a mother determined, an MD. You turn things around, and when we come back from break, we're going to talk about that. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica. We'll be right back. Join us and hear how Christy did it. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. 
perform at your maximum potential, you need to have all aspects of your life working properly. On Mind, Brain, and Body, Dr. Michael John Kell will bring you honest, open discussions concerning your physical, mental, and financial health. If you're ready to find purpose and meaning in your life, tune in to Mind, Brain, and Body every Friday at 8 a.m. Pacific. Mind, Brain, and Body on Voice America Health and Wellness. Radio dedicated to your health, wealth, wisdom, and purpose. Are you living your vital life? One that is showcasing you at your full potential? There are many issues that stand in the way of most people achieving their full potential. We will discuss these issues and how to overcome them each week on The Vital Life, Awakening Your Full Potential, with host Dr. Carolyn Coker-Ross. Living the vital life often requires that we trust our own intuitive voice and that we view illness or life challenges as calls to action to reconnect with the deeper urges of our spirit or soul. Tune in Fridays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Opinions, options, answers. Voice America Health & Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope. With your host, Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby Gonzalez. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 1 866 472 5792. Now back to the program. Here are Terry and Kristen. Hi, it's Terry, and I'm back with Christy Hogg. We are talking about hope through hyperbaric oxygen therapy, and we have a caller, Jerry. Hello, Jerry. Hello. You're here with Terry and Christy? Hello, hey. ladies. Hey. Christy, I have a comment for you. I just want to tell you that I appreciate your transparency and willingness to go back in the day when it was very difficult to be able to transition to that and tell it so well and so clearly that not only have you reached out to me with my two babies with an oxidative phosphorylation deficiency and helped save their lives, but you're going to continue to reach out to others and I'm just, you just really inspire me, and you're going to continue to inspire people. So I just raise you up, and I just think you ladies are doing a phenomenal job. Um, and, honey, you can, ex- mom or not, I think you uh, just, you're doing just fine explaining what mitochondrial disease is. <laughs> it is so complex. And I just want, I just want to just commend you for doing this, and all of you ladies, to, it's just going to reach out. It's going to give so many more hope. Because my babies were dying too until Christy reached out to me, and now I have two thriving Mito kids. And excuse me, and I just really appreciate what you're doing. Thank you so so much for sharing. I am sorry. (laughs) (laughs) So I am looking forward to hearing the positive now, sister. So bring it. (laughs) (laughs) And thank you, Terry and Kristen, too. As thank you. This is just huge, and uh, we don't have to sit and watch our babies die. We do have wonderful physicians out there that are willing to take on our challenging children, and it's such a blessing. So, Right, the parent-physician partnership is a wonderful thing. It is. Oh, it's, it is such a blessing. It's, I, like Christy, just been through so many doctors in so many different states, and now I finally have that team of professionals that go, whoa, what are you doing? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. 
Yeah. I haven't seen your children in a year <laughs> when you were seeing them all the time and, mm-hmm. and the kids were in the hospital. And now to have these thriving children, they mm-hmm. want to know what's going on. And I just mm-hmm. raise you up and encourage you and strengthen you and all you ladies because I know you work very, very hard, Thank not you. only with your child, with Miss Macy, but to continue to spread the word to others. So, Thank you, Jerry. Thank you, Jerry. Yeah. No, thank you. You have. I look forward to hearing the rest. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Well, Christy, before we went to break, you were talking about to the effect that you were almost at the end of your rope, and then what happened? And then um, amazing things started happening. Um, Macy was... I was told that her seizures were going to take over her body. Um, I was going to eventually lose the battle. Um, We were sent home with a heart monitor and a breathing machine to see if she died throughout the night. And then um, my physical therapist actually handed me a magazine. The magazine was called Exceptional Parent Magazine, and on the front cover was this cute little girl and her mom and the story inside was talking about a little mitochondrial girl who was failure to thrive and on life support for the first three years of her life and how hyperbarics had given her hope. And I could not get on the phone fast enough. And it just turns out that it was Shannon Kennett, who is a dear friend of mine now and a mentor to me, <laughs> how she fights for grace and uh, how Grace is thriving so well. So um got in my, my van and loaded my kids up and went from K- Tennessee to Wisconsin and was literally calling them on the phone saying, get me an appointment now, I'm on my way. And we were able to um, start hyperbarics um, immediately as soon as we saw Dr. Rosignol. And that clinic is in Fitchburg, Wisconsin, but the clinic out uh, in uh, California, Irvine, California, the California Integrative Hyperbaric Center is actually uh, nicknamed a place of grace. I'm not sure if the one in Fitchburg, Wisconsin is as well. They are. They're sister clinics with each other, and um, they're both a place of grace. And Shannon had, had that happen um, just a you know, remembrance of, of what she had to go through. Um, I believe she drove to Florida and did hyperbaric therapy, and she did the same thing I did. You know, she led the way and started all of this, um, proving that, you know, hyperbarics can help our our children. And she did fundraising just as well as I have um, in order to do to do what we've done. And, and I was able to stay um, in Wisconsin and do um, three months' worth of hyperbarics, and, um, and Macy just started showing improvements. Yeah, I remember the first time um, that uh, Gracie started walking. It's just a wonderful, beautiful thing. It it is, and I, I'm ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Macy's ten, and and she's got some long legs, and I'm ready for her to get up and start walking. And and I can see now that the potential is there. And she's ten, so I'm not giving up. Definitely not. Absolutely. Well, you you mentioned Dr. Rosignol. Who were the doctors who you saw at the clinic, and what did they talk to you about? Um, the very first time that I was there, Dr. Rosignol had come in to do a consult for me, and Shannon knew that she knew 
what position I was in. She, you know, she could relate. She knew that I was a mitochondrial mom. She knew um, how my heart was, and she asked Rosignol to come in and, and consult us. And at that time, he sat down, and he was the very first doctor out of all of the doctors that we had ever seen to go through Macy's um, past medical records. And he looked at us, and he said that, you know, Macy had things that were treatable. Wow. And that was very powerful to me. Um, actually, I was um, a slobbering idiot <laughs> for the fact that I sat there and just bawled like a baby because I know that he thought that I was insane because I had never had a doctor tell me that, that things were, were possibly treatable on her. Um, those were big words, huge and very um, powerful words for me to hear. And once we started hyperbarics, Terry, this is amazing, but on the second day of therapy, Macy's seizures stopped. Wow. And it's now that I'm in it, I know that that's not always the case for some. Um, but for us, hyperbarics was the key. And her seizures stopped, and then the third day we kept thinking we're going to see some breakthrough seizures, and we didn't. And then the fourth day came, and we didn't. And so I believe on one of my journal entries, um, several months into it, and we were still um, without any seizure activity. So let's clarify this for a second, because um, earlier in the show you mentioned seizure medications. Um, and uh, I do know that you had, but you had periods that were seizure-free. So can you kind of uh, work that together for our listeners? Okay, Um her seizure medication, um, we had gone through every type of seizures, seizure medication that you can take in the United States. And she was on the, the, she was on one of them. Um, I can't remember exactly at that time what it was. So there are different types of seizure medications that you can give them. Um, Macy had gone through all of them. She was on one, and then our doctor said, well, there is one out of Canada that you can try. And so we were paying out of our pocket for a seizure medication in Canada, and um, she was on maximum dosages of both of those at the max that you can possibly have. And our doctor was um, telling us that if this did not work, then within weeks we were going to have to put her in a coma-type state in order to give her brain a break to try to stop the seizure activity for just a little bit because they were afraid that it was eventually going to go to one major grand mal seizure. So that was how critical she was at that time. Um, throughout that, I didn't want to take her off of her seizure medicines, but I was realizing that Macy could make some gains because we weren't seeing the breakthrough seizures. And with the hyperbaric, with the hyperbarics, exactly. And so, um, you know, that was how we could tell that the hyperbaric therapy was working, um, and and was controlling her seizures. Okay, so you were able to. She wasn't having breakthrough seizures. You were able to cut down her seizure medication. Yes, we did. We cut down her seizure medication in half, but that's not anything that we did over the course of, you know, we, we did that very slowly and um, with agreements with our doctors to right. do that. So it's not anything that I did um, 
that I didn't have the okay from the doctors to do. Um, and I, I've been very protective of um, making for certain that I wasn't going to harm her, and, and obviously it's worked. Absolutely, yes. For our listeners, um, the issues that we're talking about are serious, and um, any significant changes that you make to your child's medical regimen should be done in conjunction with your child's overseeing uh, physician. So uh, you're absolutely right, Christy. So your, your journal entries, uh, which you have online, Correct? Yes. Okay. Um, they reflect um, that uh, in November 2008, Macy's 24-week seizure-free. Her vision has improved. Her hand-eye coordination is better. Her appetite has increased. She has tons of energy now and feels so much better to learn and play. After the second day of HBOT treatments, she stopped having seizures. And then you write, in April 2010, Macy is still seizure-free. This is about almost two years later. Macy is still seizure-free. She is trying to crawl. She has more vocalization. She is eating better, has much more energy. Vision is much better. Finally put up the home chamber, and it rocks. Can't believe we are doing HBOT at home. And then uh, June 2011, the next year, seizure still under control. Appetite increase, no viral infections, no longer legally blind, trying to talk, eating by mouth, no more tube feeds. This is absolutely monumental, uh, Christy. And when we come back, we'll talk about the progression between high-pressure hard chambers at the clinic to soft chambers with mild pressure at home. Okay. So thank you. We will be right back at the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel with Christy Hogg. Thank you to our sponsor, sponsor Enzo Medica. We'll be right back. Listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. More and more parents of children affected by autism are discovering enzyme therapy as an important part of their treatment program. Digestive enzymes help to break down the foods which may enhance nutrient absorption. Used therapeutically, enzymes can also support the immune system to break down pathogens such as viruses, fungal forms, and bacteria. Enzyme Medica formulates the highest quality of enzyme supplements to address a wide variety of issues. Lacto, a broad-spectrum digestive enzyme focusing on the complete digestion of milk proteins. Gluten Ease, high in DPP-4 activity, known for its ability to help break down gluten. And Virus Stop, an enzyme formulated to assist in the body eliminating pathogens. Enzyme Medica provides the purest enzyme products, free of fillers, anything artificial, and of all common allergens. We are dedicated to education and helping you find the best products for your children. Learn more today at www.enzymemedica.com. Ask Theo Live is talk radio like you've never heard before. Following her near-death experience, world-renowned author and spiritual medium Sheila Gillette became the direct voice channel for Theo, a consortium of 12 archangels. Through this unique channel, Sheila and her co-host Marcus Gillette present you with an opportunity to speak directly with Theo live on air on any topic you wish to discuss, including receiving authentic messages from deceased loved ones and angelic guides. Get the answer you need by tuning in to Ask Theo Live Talk Radio. Tuesday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific Time, 11 a.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. 
The Autism Hope Alliance is dedicated to the recovery of children and adults from autism. The goal of this nonprofit organization is to ignite hope for families facing the diagnosis through education and funding to promote progress today. Diet modification, biomedical intervention, and educational therapy have been shown to be successful tools on the path to recovery. Through these efforts, we believe hope will replace hopelessness. Recovery for our children is a reality. For more information, go to AutismHopeAlliance.org. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Welcome back to Autism One, a conversation of hope. With your host, Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby Gonzalez. If you have a question or comment, call us toll free at 1 866 472 5792. Now back to the program. Here are Terry and Kristen. It's Terry, and we're back with Christy Hogg. And we were sharing the just wonderful progress and notes, Christy, that you have on your online journal. And I'd like you to share that site with listeners and then let us know about the progression between high-pressure heart chambers at the clinic to a combination of high-pressure heart chambers at the clinic plus soft chambers with mild pressure at home and then transitioning to the soft chamber mild pressure at home exclusively. Okay. Um, Terry, I do have um, a website called westtennesseecares.org. And I know I apologize for my southern accent. Um, <laughs> you may have to spell it out for everyone, Terry, but it's West, W-E-S-T, Tennessee, T-E-N-N-E-S-S-E-E, cares, C-A-R-E-S, dot org. And um, I'm also on Facebook as well, and I try to, you know, keep everybody informed of Macy's improvements and what's going on with her. Um to talk about the hyperbaric chambers, uh, the Wisconsin Clinic has um, five steel chambers. Uh, those administer 100% oxygen with a hood system. Um, we did two months consecutively uh, every day. We did two treatments a day for 60 minutes. So we would go in on a Monday. We would do um, a treatment in the morning for 60 minutes. We would take a four-hour break. Then we would go back in the afternoon and do another hour treatment. And we did those Monday through Friday uh, for two consecutive months. We went home. We took a break. We did some more fundraising. We went back for another 40 treatments, um, did the same thing, uh, went home, did some more fundraising. It was through the winter months, and I do not want to be in Wisconsin during the winter. <laughs> we don't have snow that much in Tennessee, so uh, we stayed home for several months and then went back and did another um, 40 treatments in Wisconsin. So I did a consecutive of um, 120 dives and the steel chambers at the Wisconsin Clinic. Um, at that time, uh, we had some. Uh, we were surrounding ourselves with very positive um, doctors. Dr. Kyle Van Dyke is uh, now on staff there, and he was explaining to us how um, you, Macy has autistic uh, tendencies, and based on some of the test results that we had done um, in the beginning of our first session, um, the test results that came back were showing that. Um, 
Macy does have a lot of um, similarities with children with autism. We've just never been clinically diagnosed as autistic. And he was showing us that through biomedical intervention, um, Macy could, you know, in fact, be helped with um, diet and vitamins and uh, supplements. So um, that was huge for us to know that diet could help because I knew that I had that somewhere, but I just had never been taught that. And Dr. Van Dyke helped us with that a lot. Um, at the end of the um, last 40 treatments, we knew that we didn't want to stop doing this, but I financially could not keep going back and forth to Wisconsin. And I had another daughter as well, so family at home, I had to um, figure out a way to get a home chamber. And um, we were able to do that with some generous donations and with fundraising. Um, we were able to bring home a mild hyperbaric chamber. Um, that um, is mild hyperbaric therapy, 1.3 atmospheric pressure, and it is a Viteris 320. Um, those are, I use mine with an oxygen concentrator, and we use um, the mask. So uh, Macy is getting concentrated oxygen, but not 100% oxygen, and it's at 1.3. So that's very mild, Terry. Um, and I, I didn't say this, but in the Wisconsin clinic, Macy was getting um, 1.5 atmospheric pressures at 100% oxygen. And it is very important for parents to be uh, trained in, in this and not to use the chambers um, other than the way that they're properly meant to be used, correct? That is correct. There there are some that try to push the buck and want to get 1.5 at home, and that's illegal to put um, special kits to make your home units do that. Um, you know, people have done this because they're the professionals in it, and the Viteris 320 is very safe and you know, don't try to push it. Just use what's been perfected and and do do it safely. Um, if if you want to go to higher pressure, you know, go to a steel chamber with 100% oxygen. But keep the mild the way that it is, and it's very safe and it's very effective. Christy, how is Macy doing today, and how do you feel about the future? Well, um, excitingly enough, as soon as I get off of this phone, I'm getting in the car and I'm going to Houston, Texas, and Dr. Fry will be um, starting a battery of tests with Macy because he is very interested in little little girl who, um, you know, is not supposed to be doing so well with hyperbarics. <laughs> so um, it's amazing, Terry, that I have found how biomedical doctors are so much more aggressive for Macy than the mitochondrial doctors. Now, let me clarify that mitochondrial doctors, they're doing their job. They are diagnosing children and giving them what, what the knowledge they need to know about mitochondrial disease. But at the same time, I'm very blessed to be able to say that the doctors that I'm surrounding myself with, they are very eager to try to help me with Macy. And it's it's just amazing how Dr. Rosignol and Dr. Fry are, are looking outside of this box of mainstream medicine and they're finding ways to help improve 
Macy and Grace, um, who have a non-curable disease. So imagine what can be done for children who have just an autism diagnosis with a mitochondrial dysfunction. It's amazing the limits that can just be opened up here. Absolutely, and Christy, isn't hope an amazing intervention? Yes, absolutely amazing. And thank you so much today for talking with us about the hope with hyperbaric oxygen therapy and for sharing Macy's empowering story of life and hope. Thank you, Terry. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate that. You're quite welcome. This was wonderful. And to our listeners, you can read stories like this um, and an article from Dr. Newbrander about hyperoxygen therapy in the upcoming issue of Autism Science Digest, which can be found at the Autism One website, www.autismone.org. Don't forget to register for the National Autism Association's National Autism Conference in beautiful, relaxing Tampa, St. Pete, Florida. Please visit www.nationalautism.org. I will see you there. Kristen's back next week. Thank you to our sponsor, Enzymedica, and to our listeners. Thank you for tuning in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Enzymedica would like to thank you for listening to Autism One, a conversation of hope. For more information, Go to AutismOne.org. Tune in next Tuesday for another hour of education and conversation on Autism One, a conversation of hope with host Terry Aranga and Kristen Selby-Gonzalez.